Big Fluff. Because it can't all be sorrow, can it? I've always been alone, so I don't feel the lack. It's all I've ever known. I've never experienced loss because I've never had a loved one to lose. But what is grief, if not love persevering? Hi, this is Taylor Tomlinson. You're listening to Hobo Radio, and I've been told I could say anything I want after this, which was too much pressure for me, so I couldn't think of anything. Hello again, I'm Joel Murphy, this is Hobo Radio, and with me, once again, Lars Periwinkle. How is it going? Hey, buddy. Hey. Are you ready for some Mortal Kombat? Oh, you're talking about the... the The uh, the first uh, electronic music album that went uh, platinum <laughs> on planet Earth. That was the original Mortal Kombat. Is that true? It is. Yeah. First, um, I guess you can call it EDM. I could shake my ass to that. And more important news, because I know we like to keep our listeners um, culture IQ uh, up well above 150. Looking at you. uh uh, Kyle Moneymaker, that's my Chicago friend. Um, I found out something very interesting last week when I was having my annual physical. Oh. Yeah, yeah, they kind of zoomed me through there, this being uh, the COVID times. it was They still did everything they needed to, but we, uh, we forewent a few, a few things. Uh, mostly all the things that would uh, require me to um take off any of my clothes i assume it's covid and it wasn't just they saw me (laughs) yeah i will say (laughs) i will say this i don't know if this is told to you uh or not but now i'm curious this is a good (laughs) i don't know which story we're gonna go but uh you know the kind of the cliche for men um men of a certain age like us Uh is that you know they do a test a lot of times um where they, it's the prostate like test. Like you get to, oh, it. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but I found out from my doctor <laughs> that recently, because I was curious about that when I got a physical. This was like when I was getting married. I was I curious. I bet you were. Uh, yeah, right. I was curious. Wink. Just imagine <laughs> that, uh, Catherine Hahn, uh, wink meme. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, but, uh, uh, like I think I it came up or we talked about it, but like I just remember my doctor being like, "Yeah, we don't really do that one anymore because it's not very effective." And I thought that was the funniest thing in the world because I'm like, "Well, yeah, I don't know why, <laughs> like, like it would be, but they, apparently it's not. It's it's passe now. So to everybody, oh, okay. to everybody who's ever had that done, you didn't need to. Apparently, it's not a good test. Hey, um, 
Uh, hey, good folks who got that test. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your sacrifice. I yes. Guess. <laughs> you know what it is? I think I'm going to believe that like this, this generation, <laughs> you know, there's, there's so much the, the kids, you know, the young, uh, Gen Z, like they're so much more liberal with like just the, the, the ass play stuff. So like they, it's oh, not, yeah, yeah. it's just out there. Like, so they, you don't need some like wink, wink, Hey doc, you know, kind of thing. You know, it's just, yeah, it could have been it could have been that whole test was to just make you comfortable with someone might someone might be there at some point. Although it, that wasn't supposed to happen to your 40s. So this is getting weird now. My point of all of this being is to inform our audience that um, uh, I stayed fully clothed during this physical, which is unusual, but it happened this time. And um, when they took my height and weight, I found out that one, I have not shrunk. And two. Uh, Levi jeans weigh 19 pounds now. So that's something that everyone should know is they, they weigh close somewhere between 15 and 19 pounds. Levi jeans, according to this scale, which also, I don't know when that motherfucking thing's been calibrated last and they couldn't provide any sort of documentation to tell me about that. Look, Look, can we just all have a deal? Like if I know we are so divided in this country, we are so hopelessly, hopelessly divided. But maybe, just maybe, can we all agree that as we approach the one year anniversary of when we all started, uh, you know, like COVID was happening, but when we all acknowledged that it was real <laughs> as we re-enter March, maybe, maybe if people have to go to the doctor's office, maybe we skip the scale part right now. Like we've all, I think we've all put on some weight and I think that should be okay. It's, I mean, I know (laughs) me personally, I've definitely started stress baking and stress eating early in the pandemic, but also I don't go anywhere anymore. And I live in a small apartment. I, I take my dog out, you know, several times a day, but she's tiny. And today when I took her out, she laid down in the grass when she was done walking. So like, um, it's, you know, it's, it's been a tough year. I think we've all maybe put on a little bit of weight and and maybe we skip that part of the physical and you just write down whatever numbers in your heart. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? Don't even write down a number. I think for a while now, um, just next to the column where it says, weight go reasonable reasonable or unreasonable you know what i mean like sometimes there is only say unreasonable if it if someone looks like you know it it could be it could be affecting their health negatively you could just um because i also i I don't want to get into a whole thing with that, but like looks like it affects their health negatively is a can of worms that (laughs) causes problems. So let's avoid that one. For for instance, if someone looks like a giant can of worms. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe then next to weight go. I I think we we might that needs to be addressed, maybe. But also, I am. Uh, uh, maybe here's a tip, though. <laughs> You're for, right. Earth, Earthworm Jim was yeah. actually 
pretty svelte and he that actually dude, was just yeah. a suit of worms. Yeah, it was really the battle toads that we should have been. And they looked really stacked, but like those motherfuckers could not strife back and forth like on a skateboard for shit. Fuck no. Yeah, yeah. yeah on a, and on a jet ski, there are jet ski on a jet yeah. ski. Yeah. Fucker. I hate that level sucks so hard. Uh but uh yeah. Here's another tip, though. If you're if you're an NPR fan, here's a fun bit. Instead of like you know, getting on the scale, just where it says wait, write the word wait again, and then just write don't tell me. How's that? Yeah, let's let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. It was a long journey for that, but I stand by it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it, fuck it, man. Like, yeah, I think, you know, just let it go. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, let let it go, I guess. <laughs> I, wait, wait, don't tell me, Jesus Christ. Man, I I actually have a buddy and he uh he's always been uh ridiculously in good shape anyway, but he actually started a this is always his dream. He always wanted to be a personal trainer and in this past year he's uh like took the steps. I think a lot of people maybe reevaluated what they're doing with their lives. And he, uh, you know, went ahead and was like, I no time like the president. I'm going to be a personal trainer. And, uh, I'm really happy for him. His name is, uh, Cameron. You can find him on Instagram. Uh, I feel like I can give Cameron Bennett, like find him if you want to, if you need a yeah. personal trainer. Uh, but, uh, I I follow him and I I think it's awesome that he's doing it, but like, dude, just like post all these videos now of him working out. And I, you know, I'm doing the opposite of that. So, but I'm happy for him. <laughs> yep, yep. They said they said that number that was my weight, and um, I heard it. I took it in. I interpreted it, and uh, I got very upset about it for quite a bit of time. And then um, changed nothing so far. Mm-hmm. That's the but first a change. Oh man. Oh, like Sam Cook said, a a change sure is gonna come. Yeah, I actually have um, recently, maybe since the start of the year, it has actually it was the start of this year. Uh, I started I have a bike, an exercise bike in my apartment, and I've been trying to do that as many times as possible. And it's, you know, we're we're, we're heading we're on a much like COVID. <laughs> we, we had been spiking and it seems like we might have, <laughs> you know, we might be on a downward trend. But um, yeah. yeah, hey, let's not forget. You know, let's not forget you and I are are also um, hairy gentlemen. And remember, hair weighs something. Well, and also, you I've been growing I mean? the beard out, so I think a lot of it yeah. might be the beard. Could be the beard. You know, it's um, you know, if you had if you have your your glasses on, yeah. Um, I uh, I did take my shoes off to get weighed, and then when I stepped up there the first time, I saw her. She kept moving that thing over in the wrong direction. I said, "Hold on, I have, I have like my keys in my pocket. Let me go take those out real quick." It was so pathetic. Uh, also, heavy ass Levi's. I swear to God. Also, there, there, there's those can't be the most reliable scale. Why do every doctor's office have that old ass scale? Where you literally have to, they're doing it to draw it out, right? And to be sarcastic, to shame us, right? Like, that's what, you don't need to like, oh, oh, I thought you were this way, but I gotta slide the thing. Versus, It's a scale. You step on it, it gives a number in like two seconds. You you want this process to last. 
Yes, the those slidey those slidey little weights at the top are very sarcastic. I've the, always thought that about those. Yeah. Like, hey, hey, come on. Could you just could you take this seriously for a minute, please? Yeah. I like when it's like they do it too fast and it kinda of like has to find an equilibrium, so it'll just be like boom, 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 boom. Yes. Yeah. Especially that big one on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. And they started at the little one and then immediately just scooted over two notches. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Good jerks. <laughs> Goddamn well-educated and well-trained jerks. <laughs> they Also, I realized now, now that you said that, like, you know, I'll stick aside Jesus. Like, I, I love all of you in the healthcare profession, and I can't imagine the hell that you've all been through the past year. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can because my my wife is in that field and it it has been hell. And also, you know what? While we're talking about it, the um the uh, the gal that was going through my physical with me and doing all the tests, she um, drew blood, and it was like um you know probably like um I don't know it looks like like fifty fifty milliliters of of blood each in these these vials. Um, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's like seven or eight of them or whatever to, to draw everything they need. And, um, uh, I didn't, I did not, I don't really have a problem with needles anyway, but I didn't feel her go into the vein. She filled them all up in the quickest time I've ever seen. And then before I knew it, I had a, a, a cotton ball on my arm and I felt nothing. And there was no bruising. There was no discomfort. It was the most efficient that anyone has ever drawn blood out of my body. And I, I told her as much as well. And she was not interested in hearing my opinion because she knows how good she is. <laughs> I think <laughs> she was not trying to be my friend. She was trying to give me a physical and she did a very excellent job. That would have been great if she just like goodwill hunting to you. And it's just like, do you know how easy this is? Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I know this would probably be hard for you, but actually I'm really goddamn good at this. Yeah. No, people who can do that well, that really is a skill. Man, I, I still remember when I lived in Baltimore, when I first moved there, uh, you you will remember because I was staying with you. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I had like just finished college and uh, I didn't have a job and I was like trying to, you know, get by on money. And I signed up, I, a friend of mine had like recommended and I looked into some like, uh, you know, it was like a medical study, but whatever the study was... Uh, it, you know, I got mutant powers. I don't really like talking about that part, but like, you know, they were doing a study and, uh, they would draw my blood, uh, every week to check the midichlorians. And, um, mm -hmm. but I remember like it was cause I had to get for like two months. I, to get paid, you had to get your like blood drawn every week. And it, it, it varied in quality, but the people who were good, I really appreciated. And the people that were bad, like it was torture. Yeah. Yeah. It could be horrible. Yeah. Horrible. I was at, a, I was at a teaching place one time Oof. and, um, the, the, they, um, this person put the, the needle in my vein and my heart found, found the vein as far as I could tell. Cause I was watching and then, um, nothing was coming out and, uh, she got really, really nervous and said, okay, I'll be right back and left the room. Oh, <laughs> There I am with the damn thing. And then she Googled drawing blood. <laughs> <laughs> How to. And then she just, you know, she looked on uh, just like a wiki, a wiki how 
to get blood from oh, an arm. Uh, yeah, 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 no, yeah. They probably got directed to a YouTube video. I'm, that's how I learned to redo my basement, and that looks pretty good. So That was the thing. She got a YouTube video uh, on how to draw blood, and then three videos la- later, she was part of QAnon. Yes, and she knew and she knew how to do Mario in two minutes and forty three seconds. <laughs> Those are the steps. First it's the blood, and then the algorithm is like, oh. you know, Mario. And then it's just like, you know, what what was going on in in, in that kingdom? Yeah, it didn't make sense. Who were those toadstool people? It, you know that they it, were the it didn't bricks. Make sense. Did you notice that pizza place in the Mario Kingdom? I think they had a kid dungeon down there. <laughs> that's it. That's what I then yep, it's three steps. It is it's so easy. It's it's like it's not even a slope. It's no. slippery, but it's not even a slope. You just fall off the son <laughs> oh, of a bitch. Man, no, we kid, but that that shit terrifies me. That algorithm scares me. <laughs> It it terrifies me how fast people fall into it. It's true. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I want to take a minute. Look, I know we spent a lot of time last week and in every previous show before that talking about comic book related properties. Uh-huh. But I do. There was a big thing this past weekend. I don't know if you saw it um, after the, you know, penultimate episode of WandaVision. I'm very excited yes. for the finale that's coming. But there, yes, yes. there was a line in the episode where we finally got a scene. And this is not really spoilery because this is it was a flashback. It didn't really affect anything going forward. But it was sort of a, a fill-in scene of, of something that probably took place between uh, Age of Ultron and Civil War, I would guess. Mm-hmm. But um, we got this scene where it was Wanda and Vision... And they're in her bedroom and she's grieving the loss of uh, Pietro and Vision is comforting to her and and they're talking about her grief. And he says, uh, what is grief if not love persevering? It's a great line. And great line. A lot of people said it was a great line and a lot of people, you know, I mean, it's been a rough year for everybody, I think. And it seemed like a line that really resonated with people and people were sharing how it resonated with them. And then because the Internet is a horrible cesspool, there was an inevitable. It's not that good. And like kind of like this vibe of like you're stupid for liking that line or some sort of high-roading, like, well, but what about this other line from this, you know, other thing that's better? or whatever? Like, it was just this really weird, like, just it, it crystallized everything that I dislike about online discourse, which is just like, it's a person sharing their opinion that they like a thing, and you have to tell them they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, I don't think anyone was like, you know, I I mean, granted, a lot of like one tweet that got a lot of attention was someone saying something to the effect of like, this is the sound of uh, a bunch of writers like throwing their laptops out the window or something. But the thing, it's a good line. It is a good line that like, you know, I mean, it didn't it didn't want to make me give up writing the way that like Fleabag did the first time I watched that mother where I was just like, I'll never write anything this good. But um, no. But I just it really annoyed me because most of the people, you know, like overwhelmingly were just like responding to the fact of the fact that they felt seen. They felt their grief acknowledged in that line and it it was meaningful to them and they it resonated with them, which is, I think, what good 
TV does or good movies do is they, you know, they, they come up with these lines and, you know, they, they find a truth about the world and we remember them and we like them and that's fine. And it's, you know, like, I just don't get the impulse to tear that down. What do you care? Yeah. I think, you know, what bothered me too, is just like. You know, world's smallest violin for comic book movies. I mean, they make billions of dollars. They're, they're, the industry is doing fine. But it's like this genre never gets praised for writing. Like the writing is never acknowledged in any capacity. And and you and I, you know, we're, we're, this is probably the only time in passing that the uh, Golden Globes might come up on that. They happened. They were bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they should feel bad. Uh, but uh, like... You know, the, the comic book movies don't get recognized for awards usually unless there are some sort of uh, extenuating circumstances, you know, like sometimes they can break through, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker was able to break through. Black Panther was able to ba- break through. Uh, Todd Phillips' Joker was able to, <laughs> to break through. But like... There are these rare blips and, you know, I think you and I have talked about the fact of, uh, at least privately, if not on the show, but probably on the show of, it seems weird after the Academy Awards did sort of the like makeup, uh, lifetime achievement Oscar for Lord of the Rings, where they were just like, you yeah, like, we haven't really paid any attention to Lord of the Rings, but this is obviously a global phenomenon. <laughs> like let's, re- let's nominate return of the King for stuff, you know? That when we got to Infinity War and Endgame, that was sort of the culmination of 23 films worth of work, (laughs) that there wasn't a Best Picture nomination. Like, even if it wasn't going to win, you couldn't, like, just acknowledge the work, you know? And so... I mean, that's how it is. People are real snobby about it. But it's like this was a line that was actually getting praised. And, you know, every other week, Martin Scorsese like comes out and tells us what cinema is or whatever. It was like the one time when everybody was like, you know what? This line is good. And it is a good line. So like the impulse to be like, yeah, but you know what had a better line? You know, this Fellini film. Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) good for you you watched a movie with subtitles congrats (laughs) it's just but yeah i just that stuff drives me crazy and it's like i don't know it's the same thing where it's like literally the same people you know the same actors will play superheroes and play other stuff i mean elizabeth olsen's a great Example of she was this like indie darling actor and then she does comic book movies and what she's not as good. She phones it in like, you know, or, you know, whoever, like just all of these Robert Redford is in a Marvel movie like he there's a fancy film festival named after him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tribeca, baby. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But like, you know what I mean? You think at this point. There are a lot of really good... I mean, Brolin, the fucking Academy Awards love Brolin. Like, he played Thanos, you know? I mean, and everything else. That dude works, but... Yeah. (laughs) But, like, you know what I mean? These actors that somehow um, didn't... uh, 
what's her name? Uh, Black Widow. She got nominated for uh, Marriage Story. Scarjo. Right? Yeah, Scarjo. She got married. Yeah, she she wasn't she was nominated for that and Jojo Rabbit. She got two of them, baby. Yeah, right. So like, she gets nominated. Also, Jojo Rabbit, perfect example. Who directed that? Mm, that I think that was I think that was Taika. Yeah, the guy that also made Thor Ragnarok. He, you guys, did you think? <laughs> yep. Like again, I I he's a funny one where it's like every movie he made that isn't Thor Ragnarok like gets a lot of praise and then it's like yeah. that one's like well he that one must be bad though. It's not. It's exactly like all of his other movies. If you like them, you'll like Thor Ragnarok. Molly who didn't want to go with me to see Thor Ragnarok understandably because she's, you know, her her rate of interest in Marvel movies is lower than mine understandably and like mm-hmm. the ones that interest her interest her and the ones that don't don't and she was, you know, after the first Thor in Thor the Dark World, she was understandably skeptical about Ragnarok and then ended up really loving it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you you don't that you're yeah you're preaching to the choir here man but as far as just like lines go i mean yeah it that was a that was a good bit of writing like no one's no one's trying to um no one's trying to say that line was better than any other line nor were they trying to was anyone saying it deserves awards more than any other because they related to related to this it was just here's a nice thing and then someone saw it and said, fuck that thing. Yeah. I, <laughs> your feelings. Yeah. And your opinion and your opinions on your own feelings. Here's why they're wrong. Well, it was also they're literally saying it to people who are like, as someone who has lost loved ones and experienced grief, this is meaningful to me. You know, and it's like, no, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a really dumb thing and it really I go I go um I go up and down this vortex all of the time um even though that vortex shouldn't even exist because it's just it's just popular culture and there's silly things that don't matter they're distractions and they they either make you happy or you, they don't or you can embrace them or you can ignore them most of us do something in between um uh we we here on hobo radio we embrace these these silly things like um movies about comic books and about um you know novels written by a guy who just wanted to make up different languages and write about people speaking them and shit like that like it doesn't it doesn't actually matter but um it's funny cuz you you and I Mr. Murphy were just talking about our upcoming annual tournament and it's funny like we don't we don't have to discuss have our discussion in detail again but it's the dichotomy between you know we're not pretending that it matters more than it does but the conceit of this show is that these things do matter and they matter very much to us which they do however we also know that they don't matter <laughs> like it's, yeah they're just silly things that are important to us but also they're not even close to the most important thing to us, like uh, our our lives and our loved ones and, but and I also, our family and our pets. Those are things that matter the most, not these silly things, but they still matter. So we pretend that they matter. But I also just like, 
I think I fundamentally reject the idea that there's like, you know, artistic, like essentially I, I'll just say it. And I like Martin Scorsese. I like his films a lot. I think he's a really good filmmaker. I fundamentally reject the idea that there is cinema and then there's, you know, like popcorn films that the idea that like there are certain movies that are. Like, look, I'm not saying all movies are of the same quality. I'm saying there are good movies and there are bad movies. But I'm saying a lot of weight gets put into the genre. And I I have always believed there's an emperor's new clothes quality to the way a lot of stuck up critics view what are quote unquote important films. And you can I mean, you and I have spent quite a lot of time discussing and, and dunking on <laughs> bad movies that like people talk themselves into believing are important artistic dramas because they're that's the category they're given and you can point them out easily crash green book Mm -hmm. you know these are Mm -hmm. movies that like they throw academy awards at and then we never talk about them again because they have no staying power they're empty they're designed to win awards they succeed in their mission and then they're forgotten because they weren't good they were just masturbatory like showcases for awards and no totally i th- and also there are <clears throat> um the the 70s by all accounts and and, and i agree that the was the golden age of film yeah. Um, of the modern era and um there are few directors um like Scorsese who who are able to evolve with the times and still make really quality groundbreaking original films that tell an interesting story in an interesting way. The Irishman was not one of those fucking movies. Yeah. Also why it had to be nominated for goddamn everything when it was when I say it's unwatchable, what I mean is it's impossible to sit there yeah. for the entire runtime of the movie and watch the whole fucking thing. Also, I don't know, Marty, maybe if you weren't such a dick to the comic book people, they might have told you how to hire a better special effects team. Like, <laughs> how about that? Yeah. Because Thanos Those... looked terrific. Yeah. Scorsese and Pesci look like cartoon characters at best. Wait, so I'm sorry. How old is De Niro in this scene? He's supposed to be. 50 right <laughs> there's no way this man has a seven-year-old daughter right now i'm not buying it yeah but i just like no and i i'm with you about the, the 70s and but it's interesting because then you get like all of those like awesome directors in the 70s are the reason that you know people actually gave orson wells another look because they all loved orson wells and you know it's like guys like bogdanovich and uh dennis hopper that really championed his work and was like no go back yeah. and like because at that point he had kind of become what he had become in the 70s you know right, right but like right. they were the ones who really fought for his legacy which is a legacy where you know i mean thank god we got mank this year so we can talk about orson wells some more but like you know, he's a dude who, you know, changed the game with his first film and then uh, struggled a bit after that, to, you know, to to get back there. Um, you know, yeah, he, yeah, totally. And I don't think, you know, I I can't I can't speak to um, where I, I read it specifically. Um, 
but Sp- Scorsese specifically gives credit to Kurosawa and other people give it to him just by, I don't know, watch the movies they made after Kurosawa already made that same movie. And Akira Kurosawa changed the modern film industry as much as any other director, yep. if not more than any other director. Yeah, but I mean, um, the irony, though, too, is that probably the biggest impact that Kurosawa had was on a lot of, like, movies that aren't, you know, like, I mean, Star Wars and, like, yeah, Westerns, yeah, totally. you know, like, also genres that aren't taken very seriously these days, you know, like, but no, Kurosawa, yeah, it was amazing and, you know, fun. but, like, yeah, I, I guess I'm just saying that, like, the... Now, I I think there's a discussion to be had, and I think it is a fair discussion about a problem in the industry, and it is across the board, is that studios have become very risk adverse. They don't really make mid-budget movies anymore. All they really and they don't want to take a chance on anything that's not going to be a huge hit. So the overwhelming majority of what we get are existing properties. To, you know, that are just making sequels and reboots and franchises and, and all of that. And I think that's fair. And I think that movies are worse for the fact that that is the norm. But I would push back and say that, like, oftentimes the other side of that that doesn't get talked about enough is like they'll make the big popcorn movies and then they'll make a a movie that's just designed to win an academy award that oftentimes when made by a studio is pretty dumb and soulless and unwatchable you know i mean we get probably 10 15 movies a year that are meant to be serious academy award movies and they're garbage like they're just unwatchable garbage in the same way that the vast majority of, uh, you know, big blockbuster movies aren't good. But the thing is, in any of these genres, you can get really good stuff. And look, you don't make 23 movies that make billions and billions of dollars worldwide if there's not something that you're doing well. Well, sure. Well, sure. But th- the way they see it is um, there is... Um there's the and i don't know that this these movies came out in the same year but there's the king's speech and then there's uh transformers those those are the two the the, like that's that's the venn diagram and the middle is pretty empty but i'd say (laughs) i'd say there's Avengers Endgame and there's Green Book. Like if you want to play that game. I don't know if people have seen Green Book. <laughs> I watched it. It's very bad. It's a bad movie that feels like a parody of the movie that it is. It does it does feel like a parody of the movie that it is. I'm just like, look, you you're not trying to convince me of anything. I'm I'm trying I like I agree with you. I just like I I don't know what they need. Like what apparently what they need is for um is for someone to make six hours of a movie and split it into three movies and at the end of that they'll just give them all the awards for it because peter jackson made lord of the rings and they gave him awards for it 
eventually like was return of the king the best of those three movies not really like they i think all three of them were the perfect telling of those three stories but but he had to make three goddamn movies yeah and he had to cut them down to two plus hours of peace and that's the only way you get any recognition for making that crap yeah yeah i i just think like that you know just to, to to hit this drum one more time i do think that there's like the 90s had a really interesting indie film like this idea of you know guys like tarantino um and you know even like robert rodriguez or whoever are just like people who figured out a way to make these like films that they could make cheaply themselves i mean goodwill hunting i guess would be in this category too of just these like artistic lower budget movies that win awards and they were doing interesting stuff and they were making good movies and they won awards. But then what happened is everything got pushed to either extreme and it's like what we call indie movies often there are. And I, to be clear, I am in no way suggesting that there aren't good indie movies. And I in fact watch a lot of them and I watch a little, a lot of like artistic, you know, pretentious type movies. And I like a lot of them. I'm just saying that like at some point studios wanted in on winning those awards and they started making what they call indie movies that feature big name movie stars in very showy roles and i would you know what i even liked it but i would put marriage story in that category of just like marriage story is a movie written to win an academy award it it changed from being an independent of studios and turned into a low budget hollywood movie right and the thing is that's all they make are either movies like that or big giant spectacle movies and right. all I would or, say, or period pieces, yeah. Boy, do they love the period pieces. Yes, uh, which now the and I, I'm fascinated by it. But now there's almost like this whole genre. Uh, and I and I, to be clear, I really enjoyed this movie. But like, Portrait of a Lady on Fire has almost become a genre of like now we're making period pieces about women that were that are um, in these like secret uh, like unspoken love stories because they just made one with Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan I saw like it's and there's other ones too there's like this whole period piece portrait of a lady on fire genre that's cropped up that's fascinating but uh but yeah all of that to say that like there are good writers there are good movies in every genre and I I look it might not be your taste but I would argue that the Russo brothers Marvel movies are well written they're well you know it's what is it McFeely and uh let's say the guy's name I can't remember the two screenwriters but like they they're good at writing and there's some really great writing in there I think we were just talking recently about the uh Thor's like conversation with Rocket and you know him oh, saying that he's still worthy after talking no, to his mom great. and look <clears throat> to bring it back to the beginning um, Vision and Wanda were having that conversation and look, Wanda, Wanda Maximoff had just watched her brother die and Vision had just become, he had just become sentient. Yeah. Like whatever. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was a, um, you know, 
the film, the film, the story says that there were stones created from the Big Bang Theory and the same stone that gave Wanda her powers, which she volunteered to be affected by because she had been in a, um, a fictional Eastern European country during the Cold War and had nothing and lost everything and wanted to finally have power over herself and her environment. That stone was stolen once again and was used to make vision and was actually implanted in his brain and made him be a sentient being. And then these two, one of them wants comfort, but doesn't know how to ask for it. The other wants to give comfort, but doesn't know how to give it because they, he, he had just become into being and they're trying to find some connection to know, to know how to live. And they're just having this very, very human moment. And then she spits out that line. He spits out that line and it draws them both together. And for, in order for them to have that moment, not only do you need to, to write pages of dialogue, but all of these movies, all of this story has to exist. All of this television show has to exist. And then they get to sit down and you get to watch that happen. And it like, it feels so earned, but also it feels so in the moment at the same time of like these two, these two living things having this one moment of connection. It was very beautiful. I think it was very beautiful and very poignant. The fact that someone wants to take a shit on that. Well, they, they, they suck and I feel <laughs> bad for them, but yeah. also I don't want to feel bad for them because they suck so hard. Yes. <laughs> but how could, how could you say that that's not art? Like that's a, that's like, you know, th- that's like walking from opposite ends of the great wall of China to meet in the middle, to say goodbye. You know, it's this long project to do this one little thing that means so much to so many people. I don't like, I don't know, man, some people that, you know, it's, they're not worth the breath of life. Sometimes <laughs> they just get, get, well, get with it guys. Jump well, start the heart. Well, the other thing too is, you know, about that scene. And this is the last thing that we'll move on. I promise. But like, uh, that, because it is such a big, massive thing, this shared universe, like I said, it's 23 movies plus this show. And the truth of it is, to be honest, to to really examine what that episode was, is their love story happened off screen because there is so much happening. We never really got to see the two. We were told that they were a couple and we we saw them together. Big gap. But we never got to see it. And and this show in this episode with these flashbacks was sort of trying to bridge these various movie fragments that had sort of existed, but had never really taken the time to flesh out Wanda. And there were contradictions like they they sort of have to address like, so you, your parents died in front of you and then you joined a radical terrorist group, you know, cause again, that's, that's the plot lines that this show was handed and they right. weaved them together artfully in a way to make it. But I, I would argue that this scene is very important because we never have actually got to see like this whole time. We've it's been telling us that this is the love of her life, but we just haven't really gotten the screen time to see it. And that was the moment where you're like, 
I get why she loves this dude, and I get why yeah. she. I get why WandaVision would happen after he dies in front of her because of this scene. And so you can sit there and be pedantic, and you can decide that you could have written a better line yourself or whatever. But truth is, like. It obviously nailed what it was trying to nail because so many people responded to it positively. And the assignment was to get you to believe that these two people loved each other and that he was comforting her in her time of grief. And it clearly did that. So, yeah. Suck it. How's that yeah, for a line? Yeah, totally. Here's. Yeah, you you could criticize that. Here's here are other things you can do. Um, you can smell my butt crack. Yeah. You, you, you can wait in the street for me, um, to drive over you. Uh, you can eat rotten eggs. Um, you can, um, you can, you can gargle lots of poop. There are, there are a number of things that you can do. Um, but another one of them is accept the scene for it being a good scene and, and appreciate a a good story without having to criticize it. Yeah. Yeah. Or go write something better. Go, go do or it. Write so- or write something better or, yeah. or gargle poop or oh. root. F- you know what? Go root for the Yankees. That's what yeah. you should do. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Since you just, you only like things that are only good and they're, they're even good when they're bad. Root for the New York fucking Yankees assholes. Tell you what, go go vote for No Country for Old Men over There Will Be Blood because the ending's dumb. And you've convinced yourself that you're a genius for, you know, deciding that it's meaningful and that it like it, it must be better because it just it just Tommy Lee Jones said a weird thing and then the credits rolled. So it's it's better. Cool. Yeah, that must be that must be better than the equally good movie that ended with the line "I'm finished." Yeah, that's that's a terrible ending to a movie to watch a character study that ends with the line "I'm finished." <laughs> oh, everyone's terrible. That's what we're saying. Wandavision's great. I'm really excited for the end. Well, Wandavision is really really great. But look, man, we got. We got like 15 minutes left in this show and we made a promise. So without further ado, here we go. If you're not pumped now for this, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Oh, did you do you did you want to watch this movie with someone? Well then I suggest you get over here. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we teed this up last week. We didn't have time last week, but Yeah, I look, I'm gonna be honest, I don't know what we were teeing up. I'm just super excited about this. This actually looks Did you see you had to have? Here's how I'll ask it. How many of the Mortal Kombat movies have you seen? I was trying to figure that out last week. I, I think it's like two or three top. It's three tops. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah I, th- I think I think of me, it might be like two and a half. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Three might be generous. Like, definitely the first one. Um, and then yeah, I, for like sure. It, for I was sure. saying last week, I, I, I feel like I watched Annihilation. I, want the, I feel that to be true. 
in my heart. I know, I know I saw Annihilation. I know I saw the first one. And then I think I tried to watch another one and it was just like on the background for a second. And yeah, I probably bailed on another one at some point. Yeah. Uh, but I, I gotta say, I mean, no, I was genuinely curious because, and I'm not trying to, to put you on the spot or anything, but you no. told me you were excited for the new movie. And I thought that was really interesting because I'm not not excited for it and i'm definitely gonna watch it i gotta be honest like having hbo max and living in the world we live in the number of times i've considered playing tom and jerry since it dropped Uh i mean and i have no interest in watching that but it's a new movie i haven't seen so i'm probably gonna watch it at some point i'm just warning everybody like i'm i'm gonna hit play on (laughs) okay well we yes we've all we've all been warned now yeah, I guess like I what if I excited sorry about it because sorry real quick what if ahead. I came in next week and was like guys you gotta see Tom and Jerry like <laughs> and the, like how the, how the wild would that be if it what if it's great <clears throat> it could be there's a lot of funny people in that I I want to believe that it could be good well yeah you have an hour of an of of analyzing Tom and Jerry it looks like one of those movies where you either say yeah it was pretty good or you say like yeah it was pretty good yeah no for i sure. think that's those are the two options probably yeah I'll just, who framed roger rabbit is great so i'll just throw that out there but okay do the okay because well, it's like live too. action and in cartoons they've never oh, done it okay. good since then <laughs> no no movie has been ever to capture that magic again <laughs> i know you're yelling I, uh, I know someone's yelling space I, jam but I saw the first um, live action Smurfs movie and I didn't hate it. Like it's not a, it's not the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. I, that's totally watchable. It's fine. I haven't seen it. I don't, yeah, I, I don't have a- Yeah, Hank Azaria as Gargamel. It was, it was fucking fine. Gives a shit. It's fun. They were doing their thing. They're all in New York city. Well, uh, they're in New York city. Here. They were in New York city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's like a, that's a throwback to like eighties. You like when they like get the property, but they couldn't afford to <laughs> to they set it where afford, it was yeah, supposed they couldn't to af- afford to have any sort of special effects or sets. <laughs> yeah, so they would just say, "Oh well, I we're in eighties New York now." So <laughs> that was like even as a kid, you know, I was I was super into He Man, and then. Um, Canon Films, their last ditch effort, they make this He-Man movie with Dolph Lundgren and Frank Langella. And even as a kid, I watched it and I'm like, well, there, this isn't, this is clearly Nevada at the beginning. And then immediately they go into the 1980s America. I'm like, why, who's this character and why is he stealing fried chicken from someone at the drive-in this is not he-man <laughs> oh they don't they i they didn't have the budget yeah this is this is the best they could do like i want to believe in all of those cases that someone turned in a script and then they just like got a black sharpie out because at those point they were printing out the script so they just just a no. guy sitting there like nope can't afford that nope cutting uh-huh. that oh no uh-huh. swords that's, no we don't have a sword budget no sorry you want him before, to transform before the, like before the perforated edge of the page was finished printing out of the dot matrix they had already <laughs> started crossing out crap yeah i just no sorry buddy you got to be more realistic about this the gray skull what do you mean gray skull 
Yeah, I hope you I hope you mean Sacramento. <laughs> I mean, unless you're this is literally like an old man's head. That we can maybe afford an old man's head. Is that is that something? <laughs> <laughs> old Grace Skull is an old man's head. That's good. Thank you. I was, I was proud of that. Um here's the thing, okay. man, is that we we have been promised good uh video game movies for a long time. But do you remember good ones? Like ever? I mean ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good what do you think movies. the best video game they've never like I mean I think it's tough because there are video games with really good stories I also don't know why we haven't gotten uh, like a CGI Legend of Zelda game that feels like that yeah. would be good but yeah. I, I think that it's hard because and I mean Mortal Kombat's a great example Mortal Kombat th- there's a lot of writing that goes into it there's really rich characters and they have backstories mm-hmm. and uh, they all have like reasons for entering the tournament, but mm-hmm. it's not narratively like the actual game doesn't have a story. It's just two people fighting <laughs> like there isn't it's hard yeah. to get an actual, you know, good story from a video game because a lot of times like they're really fun to play and some of them have awesome stories. But like, you know, they kind of inevitably you know, story, story. Okay, well, you not too much story because now you gotta like shoot stuff or you gotta like whatever, like whatever the thing is that the game is. You're gonna mostly do that with like some cool cutscenes or whatever. But the the story's not gonna be a lot, you know. No, no, you're absolutely right. It's almost like they rely, they rely too much of this should be like a video game, and less on let's make a story when it should be the balance of the two, because I, uh, my counter argument um, to why you can't make a good mortal combat movie is a great mortal combat movie was made 30 years before the game exists. And that is enter the dragon. That's a yeah. mortal combat movie. Well, right. And I think that's the like, other thing that gets ignored too, is like a lot of these games are just, relying on genre you know like there it's a fighting yeah. game or it's a sports game or like it's a action adventure game or whatever but it's like we make movies like that you know but it's just yeah. like the actual video game is just evocative of those things a lot of times and not you know you'd really have to you could i mean i anyway again this i would be a hypocrite if i just spent the last 20 minutes arguing for marvel and then told you that you can't make a good uh video game movie you can <laughs> you completely can someone totally could figure it out and we could pick a character that's our protagonist and uh you know they we could follow their once and they could go on a hero's journey and it could be great i mean but you just yeah. have to throw like i don't think they approach them the right way i don't think they understand and and a lot of times i don't think they ask themselves they could also you know what Fuck it. We did get a great video game movie. Perhaps the best video yeah. game movie ever made. It's called Wreck-It Ralph. Yes. That that was a game. Yes. You're right. You know what? Yes. The um the 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 primary games in that movie are games that did not exist before the movie. However, plenty of games in that movie did already exist and their representation was fucking terrific. And the ones that didn't exist are very much 
evocative of the thing that does exist. They're pretty goddamn close to a lot of stuff. You can figure out what Wreck-It Ralph is. And yeah. any racing game. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, but, but I'm saying, like, Wreck-It Ralph is really good. And Ralph uh, Breaks the Internet is uh, also good. Those are both good movies. Yeah, yeah, th- those are both. Th- that's so good. I I saw the the Sonic movie. Sonic movie was completely fun. You know, I do want to see that one. Uh, that that was probably what I'll actually watch. <laughs> on, uh, it's yeah, on Hulu. Yeah, I think, that was. But, yeah, yeah, it was. It was perfectly fun. I you know. I also just want. I don't. Everything. Ha- I don't have any notes. You made a Sonic movie. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, I also I want nothing but good things for Ben Schwartz. So I'm happy. Yes, for him. yes, indeed. Yeah, make that money. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, I want to see the Sonic movie. I am trying to think, like, if there's any other uh, com- uh, comic book, uh, any other video game movies that are good. Um, and probably some standouts we're forgetting. Um, but they like they haven't all been pieces of shit. There's some there's some good video game movies. Um, that first uh, Resident Evil movie is fun. Say what? The first Resident Evil movie is fun. It is. It yeah. is indeed. That'd as a matter of fact, yeah. the um the weird uh CGI Final Fantasy movie is watchable. Mm-hmm. It isn't the worst fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. They're fine. Here's I'm just saying. Look, trailers trailers are very deceptive these days and um <laughs> uh sometimes they give too much away. Other times they make something awful look like it's going to be something great. All I know is I got I got real excited when Sub-Zero's fighting someone in this trailer and then blood squirts out of that person and Sub-Zero freezes the blood and then stabs them with their own blood. I was so I was so into that. I was oh oh yeah. oh I got fired up the the guar in me you know what I mean because you know I used to yeah both you and I we spent we used to live in Richmond at one point in our life so we got mm-hmm. that guar blood you know, Obviously, wow, yeah. oh, no. it's just in the so, air in Richmond it's in the air like you just feel if you spend enough time in Richmond Virginia you just get some of that in you so you see someone get stabbed with their own blood and you're all like, oh, yeah Man, I will say, by the way, this is a slight tangent real quick. One of the things I've been doing with all of my free time is uh, there's a YouTube series. Amoeba Records uh, makes it and they do a thing called What's in My Bag? And they find celebrities and they, you know, have them go around the store. This is obviously pre-COVID. They don't do it now. But before COVID, when mm-hmm. when stores were open, uh, they would send them into the store and they would fill up a tote bag with music and DVDs and stuff that they liked. And then they would say why they picked them. And there's a lot of really fun ones, but you reminded me they do one with Guar, and it was really funny to me because they're wearing the outfits and they have to sustain uh, the characters, but also like, it's just, it was too much of a stretch on Guar to like have to <laughs> actually be sincere in like describing why they picked things while not breaking character too much. And it was just really funny. And it made me realize I would watch Guar in any normal situation. Just have to navigate. <laughs> like Guar at the DMV, you know, Guar orders a chicken sandwich from McDonald's. Like I would watch every because it was just, it was really fun because they were like catching themselves and being like, when I was growing up in uh, the space, Uh, yeah 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 totally totally yeah it's um guar can't remember the code to the storage facility oh i totally watched that crap are you kidding me yeah well hey i we got like 
minimal time left. But do we want to oh, sure. tease? We've teased before because we are nothing, if not two old teases. But uh, uh-huh. it, it is March. We are fast approaching our tournament. Do we want to? Do we want to tell people that we we spent? way too long (laughs) this past saturday with a group of very patient friends uh narrowing the field down and that we are we are vastly approaching the beginning of this tournament yeah what's the name of our tournament again the mabel memorial hobo madness tournament mabel memorial hobo madness tournament i look forward to it and dread it every single year but yeah we we narrowed the field down um to 68 um we can we can get to explaining that later from a field of damn near 300 of our favorite uh television theme songs and this year in the mabel memorial hobo tournament we'll we will determine once and for all best television theme song of all time and we do that for you our beloved listeners yeah and it's i don't know how it's gonna go you know we'll we'll all find out together but i will uh, just to to pull back the curtain a little bit because i think this is maybe interesting uh to people and if it's not it's the end of the show so you know you don't care but uh we got (laughs) seven of us together and we went through every single song and we all gave it a score from one to ten And then, yep. yeah, we we were going to do 64, but then it turned out that there were there were actually uh, in, you know, tee up the, the word nice. There were 69 uh, that was like the cutoff point sort of of like mm-hmm. uh, there was a whole block of them that had the, the same score. So we actually had to like cut one. We either could have cut five of them or one of them. And that's why we did 68 because uh, we, we had to do like a. A straw poll to decide which one of them, you know, among the group to cut. But yeah. we all, yeah, yeah. What, 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 Mr. Murphy is saying is we're we're actually we're being very fair because yeah. the 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 field was so big and it had to be narrowed. And when you see when we start, I mean, you see our bracket and, and what we're talking about. You're gonna see. You're going to see some names that maybe you don't think you should be there. You're definitely going to see some names absent that you think should be there. But please know that um, uh, Joel and myself and um, of five people whose whose opinions we respect very much all sat down and, and just tried to figure out the fairest way to try to just boil it down to a manageable number. And then we're going <clears> to <throat> we're going to start our normal if what somewhat more more structured system of getting it uh getting it down to a final bracket and they're really really digging in and, and seeing what we should be there also remember it's not a big fucking deal it's a television yeah. theme song <laughs> well also remember that like we don't know what we're talking about this isn't official yeah. like it's we don't we don't own a historical society or yeah. any kind of award you the 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 song that wins will get nothing so just know that it's just if you want something official go ask Hal Lublin and Mike Gagliardi Mark Gagliardi they figure that crap out yeah definitively we just do it for fun here on yeah. Hobo Radio but, but I will say because I think that you know let's be honest you you're a bunch of uh, messy bitches who love drama and that's why you listen to this show so just know that of the seven of us we get we had a scale of one to ten so the max that any song could have gotten is a seventy. No songs got a 70. <laughs> Four of them got 
uh, 69. We, none of us agreed. There wasn't a single song in the entire almost 300 of them that we all gave the same score to. So we, we couldn't agree. Uh, also the cutoff point of where, uh, to make it in, like I said, so there were 69 songs that had either a 57 or above, which means that they had to average above an eight from each one of us. And if you had it a 56, which would be an average of each person giving the song an eight, you missed the cutoff. Uh, so that's how competitive this was that mm-hmm. if you got eights across the board, you did not make it into this top like that. That's how how like how close this was. Honestly. That's how close this was. And also realize that there was no there was no discussion. It was we we went down a list and played the songs and listened to the songs and, and then wrote and a score a number score. Was, yeah. That, that was really what was up. Yeah. And then we waited for the Excel spreadsheet to tell us <laughs> who yep. made it. Uh, so, yeah. So just if, if people like the, the nuts and bolts of what was happening, that that's where it was at. So, so look for that in your feeds soon. Um, like Lars said, I think it's going to be, we're going to get bonus episodes to get through it because again, there is 68 and, uh, it would eat our whole show for the next month if we just did the tournament and there's other things going on in the month. So you can, there's still be normal hobo radio. If you just want to hear us do this bullshit, like, like we just did for the past hour, that'll still be available for you. And then we'll, um, we'll have these bonus episodes up if you want to, um, if you want to, I, I think it's just going to be a really emotional dive down a nostalgic well because for me of all the things we've done on this show we've done simpsons episodes and we've done you know um um harold ramus movies and philip seymour hoffman and and uh, things that mean a lot to me i have never felt so emotionally attached to a subject as these goddamn television theme songs they mean so much to i think i'm I'm positive all of us, but I can say for me, especially. Yeah, I think the funniest thing is that uh, when we came up with the idea, it seemed so like I think I I pitched it to you and you were like, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about theme songs a lot. Like, this is perfect. I think this is going to be really fun. And then it was very quickly once we started diving in, I think we both were like, oh, no, (laughs) like this is a fool's errand. So this might this might end. Not only this podcast, but our friendship. This might be it. <laughs> and I, I looked Lars in the eyes and I said that you realize <laughs> by the end of this, what we will be engaging in is. Mm-hmm. So remember, question everything. <laughs> Well, you know, Mortal Kombat is just love persevering.
Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. In a world where people watch movies. I think I'm going to watch a movie. Sometimes they don't like what they see. I don't like this movie. But sometimes they look for the silver lining. Wait a second. I like this part of this movie. Joel and Andy do that work for you. The Silver Linings Playback. I like this part of this podcast where they tell me the part of the movie I like. Every Monday on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts.